that you have to think about the stuff when you hear songs like that, when you hear lyrics like that. God, God did this, God did that. Well, when I think of stuff like that happening, because there is no miracle that is outside the laws of God, the laws of being. There is no thing that could happen that is outside of spiritual law. Nothing can happen in spite of it. Everything that takes place happens within spiritual law, within principle. Everything. Stuff we like and the stuff we don't like. It all happens within. There are no rewards and there are no punishments. Nothing happens because we're nice. It happens as a result of our mind and where we place our mind. And, and so that's why I keep asking, Spirit, tell me what to think. Now, we, songwriters write wonderful songs like that to, so we can start to think, oh, look, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. I like to think things happen as a result of good orderly direction. Some people, oh, I did it wrong. And I and say, no, you did it exactly right to get that result. But I don't like this result. Well, then do it differently. Go into it differently. And people say, but I did everything I'm supposed to do. Well, not to get a different result, you didn't. What were you thinking while you were taking your actions? And it's not about a punishment. It's not about being disliked or out of favor. Getting what you want isn't about being in favor. Life happens. Life on life terms happen. And I, I, I had a teacher early on in my healing that said, Sean, if you follow these principles, life is still going to happen, but you will never have to hurt yourself again. I loved that promise. Because I've done some things, you know, hurt myself, anybody? Yeah. Anybody abuse any part of life and principle to the point where uh, it's not fun anymore? But you'll still try. <laughs> Maybe it'll work this time. You know, it's, it's uh, in 12-step terms, they call that chasing the high. Trying to get that, that first time back when it, when it worked, back when it was fun before it ruined and destroyed everything you know that is pure and holy. And, uh, and, and so to look at that, and, and, and I realize, oh, oh, you know, I, I really cannot uh, eat the way I once did and drop weight. <laughs> I, there was a time I could eat and eat and eat, and oh, I stayed so thin, too thin. Too thin, there is such a thing as being too thin, and I have photos to prove it. And, what? Yes. Oh, you didn't. That was when I was kind of normal. <laughs> I was way thinner than when you met me. Oh, yeah, by about 30, 40 pounds. And I ate all the time. I can't do that now. And the food doesn't satisfy me the way it used to. But that doesn't stop me from trying. <laughs> yeah, I had some chocolate the other day. I've dropped a bunch of weight lately. But I, I, there was a big chunk of chocolate that just looked so good. And I ate every bit of it. And I felt lousy afterward. It's like, oh, my body's not reacting the way, the way that big chunk of chocolate promised in the bag. And it's the same with arguments, and it's the same with certain discussions at certain times. It's, uh, this time I'll win. And it's like, and I might, but I'm still alone somehow. Oh, yes, I was right. 
and now I'm even more separated, separated from humanity than I was before. And, and, and it's painful. Now I call today's talk, Expect Great Things. Expect Great Things. Now I, I, early on in my healing I heard that expectation was just a premeditated resentment. <laughs> but that's when I expect you to be different. When I think, you know, I will say the right things and you will be different. And then you aren't. And it's like, oh, now I'm even more mad. And I'm justified in it. And, and, and it's, it's nutty. Let me read this about expectations. So from the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament, and it comes from Matthew chapter 21. Uh, here's a, I, I just love that. Be willing to let go of your expectations and you will not be tempted to judge. Peace comes from laying down your expectations and your judgments and accepting the truth as it is. There is no other way to accept the truth for to accept it in any way other than it is is not to accept the truth. It is to accept delusion over truth and in delusion you are lost from truth. It is better to meet your sibling without expectations. In this way, you have opened your heart to see him or her as, here she is. In finding your sibling, you find yourself. Talks about the money changers in the temple. And how many of you know that story? If you don't, I suggest you look it up. The money changers in the temple represent the ego which is the belief in separateness. For they were not in the temple to commune with God, or brother or sister. The money changers entered the temple for their own purposes, but the temple is the symbol of oneness and communion. Oneness and communion are the only purposes within the temple. So the money changers were like foreigners in the temple because their purpose was different than its, than its purpose. So, if you are going within, to the inner chamber inside the temple and you're doing it to get something you're like the money changers you're forgetting your purpose of going in it's like when I was talking with Bob earlier the purpose of going within is to be connected with your source the purpose of going within is to be connected with your source it is not to get something Quit trying to get something. Every time we try to get something, we're saying, I don't have it, and that becomes our prayer. Suddenly, we're setting ourselves up to expect the least instead of the most. This is one of the biggest, probably the biggest challenge in our humanity, in our life, in the living of it, is to expect the best when we are connected to our silvers. I've heard so much, but I prayed and prayed and prayed and I didn't get it. I said, That's, I, it has to be because you kept affirming you don't have it. Or you weren't expecting the best. Has it ever occurred to you that what you want isn't the best? That you keep praying for less than the best. You keep praying for a, te a temporary solution. 
be, and why would that be? Because we still are rather attached to our misery. We're still attached to our lack. Who would we be without a story of what's missing? Who would I be if I had a conversation with you if I didn't tell you what's missing somewhere in my life? Be it in another person's attitude towards me, be it in the weather, be it in my entire history of my entire life, be it if I talk about my parents, my siblings, my church, whatever, that, that somewhere, oh, you know, the church is great. If only we had more money. I'm doing great. If only my leg didn't hurt. I am fantastic. If only my mother hadn't abused me. You know, life would be perfect if I had more hair. <laughs> You know, if, if, if it just everyone would bow down and worship me and agree with me all the time, I could be happy. <laughs> if only most of the first 58 years of my life had been different. Oh, if only we didn't have any politics. None at all. If we just had peace, okay, let's go with that one. If we just had peace, there's a lovely song, and, and the line in it says, let it begin with me. How is peace beginning with you? How are you creating peace when you're alone in your bedroom? Or when you're looking in the mirror? or when you're doing your work, or when you're counting your money. How are you creating peace when you're in traffic? Yeah, the other night we were going to Brooklyn, it took three hours. An hour and 15 minutes took three hours. Then I got to sit in a theater seat for two hours. And then an hour and 15 minutes to get home. It was hard not to complain, and we did pretty well. Overall, we did rather well. And it was a great evening. It was a show David uh, scored, or a, a, a movie that David scored 20 years ago. It was the 20th anniversary of a movie called Trick. And it was delightful. Delightful evening. And, but it hurt. Physically, it hurt. Now, did I have a great evening if only my leg didn't hurt? And it's all those, it's good except for. And so what it tells me is I'm not expecting the best. I'm hoping for okay. I'm just hoping it doesn't hurt too much. Yes, I yes I I, I played the lotto. I play. I expect you know for three hundred million dollars. But boy, I sure hope I can pay my rent this month. How big is your rent? You know. But so where's the expect great things? It tells me in the expectation of great things that we're not. It's not about the stuff. It's not about the body. Not if I change the talk to ex expect a great connection. Expect to know the source. Expect. So I looked up this book. It's a it's a it's a book of collection of essays by Emmett Fox. 
So if you're coming to the retreat, we'll be learning more about this. This is in a chapter called True Prosperity. And it talks about the, 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 the rich young man. The rich young man who was told to sell all that he had and uh, give it away. And the rich young man walked away because sad, because he had great possessions. And so now, Mr. Fox turn, says, uh, we're very rich in terms of money, for indeed most people are not rich in terms of money, but because we have great possessions in the way of preconceived ideas. Anybody? Anybody think you already know what spirituality is? <laughs> well, nobody's raising their hand, but they know better. Uh, because we have great possessions in the way of preconceived ideas, confidence in our own judgment, and in the ideas with which we happen to be familiar. Spiritual pride, born of academic distinction, sentimental or material attachment to institutions and organizations, habits of life that we have no desire to renounce, concern for human respect or perhaps fear of public ridicule, or a vested interest in worldly honor and distinction. And these possessions keep us chained to the rock of suffering that is our exile from God. So you see, it's not about possessing this bowl, it's about my mental possessions that I apparently am possessed by. They own me. I am actually their possession because I have not stood up and said, wait a minute, I have everything. So I don't have to worry about losing anything. I don't have to worry anymore, period. So it goes on. The, re the rich young man is one of the most tragic figures in history, not because he happened to be wealthy, for wealth in itself is neither good nor bad, but because his heart was enslaved by that love of money. Why was not the Christ message received with acclaim by the Ecclesiastes of Ju Jerusalem? Because they had great possessions, possessions of rabbinical learning, possessions of public honor and importance, authoritative offices as the official teachers of religion, and these possessions they would have had to sacrifice in order to accept the spiritual teaching. The humble and unlearned folk who heard the master gladly were happy and having no such possessions to tempt them away from the truth. Now it's funny, many of us here, not all of us, but many of us here have one great possession. One amazing, astonishing, powerful possession that blocks our prosperity. And that possession is our lack. We're so committed to our lack that it would be nerve-wracking to let it go in, in, in order to truly prosper, in order to truly be confident in what we have, in the abundance that is here that we're not even seeing. Our lack is our doubts, our fears, our poverty. Even though we may have a lot of cash in the bank, it's still a poverty, but I might not have it forever. I could lose it, I could, it could go away. Our, our body, oh, what's wrong with our body? And, and some of us are abundantly healthy and we still, in our mind, have bodily problems. Some of us could have all the friends in the world, but we push them away 
saying, I can't be loved, I'm not lovable, nobody loves me. You know, our lack, you know, our, our abundance is very costly because it will cost us our lack, it will cost us our story. Who would I be without my story? And so I, my talk, expect great things. There is a, a say, I'm not a say, it's a quote. Herb, Dr. Herbert Spencer said that, uh, oh gosh, I had it earlier. There is a principle, which is a bar against all information, which is sure to keep man in everlasting ignorance. And that principle is contempt prior to investigation. That can't work. Oh, I've tried it. It can't work. Have you tried it today? I don't care if it didn't work yesterday. Have you tried it today? Have you tried it this hour? Yeah, I know it at 9 o'clock this morning it didn't work. What about at 11 o'clock? Have you tried it? Have you, you know, after hearing this talk, is there a way to rethink? Most of us have the principles down, you know, except for one little piece. One little piece that we're saying, oh, 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 but oh, I don't want to shift that. I like that. I'm comfortable with that. But to stretch out of the comfort zone into the uncomfortable zone of not knowing. I don't know what will happen if I do this. But I'm hearing it would be good for me. I'm hearing it would set me free. And it would set everybody else free. But I'm afraid to do that. I'm afraid to do it because somebody won't like me. What if it doesn't work and I lose everything? What if, what if, what if? But it's like, but until you try it, how do you know? Until, uh, I, when I uh, wanted to quit smoking many years ago, and I thought, but if I quit smoking, I won't be able to talk on the telephone or drive a car ever again. <laughs> I was sure I wouldn't because those were important things to do while talking on the phone or driving. And then one day I said, fine, then I'll never talk on the phone again and I'll never drive again. It doesn't matter. It's more important to me to put the cigarettes down and not because I was worried about sickness. It was because it was in the way of my prayer life. That's how I got willing to put down three and a half packs of cigarettes a day. I knew my next part of my relationship with my source was in that. And so, can, can I live for the day without smoking? It was such a part of my identity. I'd done it since I was in sixth grade. And, and so it's like, oh, okay, well, what the heck? Let's give it a shot. You know, and I weaned myself off, and then New Year's Day that year, I put them down, and I slept all day. I slept 24 hours. And I woke up and thought, I have 24 hours of those cigarettes. I, God gave me a gift. I better not smoke today because I don't know if I'll ever get this free day again. Day one is in. One day I was chewing on cinnamon sticks and uh, hypnosis tape and everything. And I put them down and I haven't smoked for over 20 years. And yet still, sometimes I have the desire to, but I know that's not the truth. You know, that desire is what tells me I'll feel more peaceful. I'll be more attractive. <laughs> You'll smell better, really, you know. Uh, but that stuff that says no, but it's I want I want to pray differently, and I will pray in guilt and shame if I do that, and 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 so to work with 
I expected great things as a result of putting down the cigarettes. And the great thing I expected was I would be closer to what I call God. What do you need to think, say, or do so that you can feel closer to your source? So that you can be confident. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of that which is not yet seen. Let's do what we need to to enact faith for assurance and conviction. Don't worry about the things not seen. Do not concern yourself with that, the things hoped for. It's the conviction and the assurance. I will know things that I didn't know before if I do this. And it might be uncomfortable, but I've been uncomfortable before. I can get through a day with discomfort. I can make it through an hour with discomfort. I can make it through the next seven minutes. <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever it takes this moment and discomfort. And I might have to chew the inside of my face out, but I will <laughs> refrain from expressing this which is not true. Don't mean to go on too long here, but imagine that lack were never true. That lack is never a reality but a perception. Just imagine that resentment is just a perception, never a reality. That in harmony, is to, that there is no such thing as failure. There is just I haven't attained what I really want to see and experience yet. Imagine changing our minds so that we didn't have to tell ourselves a story. There's something wrong here. There's something terrible here. There is life here and I'm willing to see it in truth and wisdom and love. It might be very uncomfortable, but if we commit, I promise we can expect great things. Thank you.